welcome back to the CauseCon podcast, a conversation to help you connect and be inspired and engage with the CauseCon conference as we look forward to our time in Kansas City. We're hoping to help you raise your expectations, lower your agendas, and really be able to be ready for the conversations that are going to happen during our time together. My name is Matt Stout. I'm your host coming to you from Blue Root Vineyard in Media, Pennsylvania, right outside of Philadelphia. And we have the privilege today here on our third episode to be talking with Michael Gatlin, the pastor of the Duluth Vineyard and the leader of Multiply Vineyard, uh, working with church planting and multiplication all around the vineyard movement. So Michael, welcome to the show. Oh man, thanks for having me on. This is great. So great to have you here. Hey, we are talking as we get ready for CauseCon. We're talking about uh, engaging today. Uh, we've already covered uh, connecting. We've talked about being inspired. We want to talk about engaging and kind of like how you put it all together and how you really set uh, your feet and your hands and your like uh, your resources into play uh, during our time together and then as you move forward from CauseCon. So we've been talking through the head, the heart, and the hand. So the knowing and the being and the doing and how it all kind of works and uh, how it all kind of comes together. So tell us a little bit about your thoughts on what we might want to like know. What are the things that like our minds have to be made up for or things that we have to do to get our head in the game to actually engage with God and his mission in the world? Well, I think of a couple different things. I think of, um, like, we really have to know that that God loves us, you know, that he actually cares about us uh, individually, uh, and, and then that obviously extends to all the other earthlings, all the other humans, uh, you know, throughout the planet. Like, we got, we, we got to know that he's really, like, engaged and involved uh, in our lives if we're going to get in, engaged in what he's kind of doing around the world. One of the one of the things that kind of stood out to me early on in my interaction with uh, vineyard leaders was uh, somebody somebody said this line and it captured my attention that there really is only one ministry and it's the ministry of Jesus. And so it's not like I'm trying to engage like in my own thing. It's not like, you know, you've got a ministry and I've got a ministry and everybody's got this different thing and hopefully somehow they all connect together. It's like there's there's one thing that God's invited us to, and it's what he's always been doing and the way he's always been reconciling people uh, to himself and, and bringing healing from all the brokenness that sin uh, in every shape and form brings about in our lives. And so he's just inviting us to participate in what he's doing in the world in the world today. As I was, when I was a young adult, way back eons ago, somewhere in the seventies, <laughs> I, uh, I, like, I think it was like my first few months of being a follower of Jesus. Somehow, I found a book that I've never been able to find since then, and so I'm not convinced it actually really existed. <laughs> but it was a book that was entitled "How to Live Like a King's Kid," and it talked about in in very like what I would call vineyard-esque language today, talked about how do we get to participate with what Jesus is doing and how he's moving in people's lives all over the place. And uh, I just remember reading that and actually getting excited, like God's actually alive and active in the world today. And like I get to somehow join with what he's doing. And so for me, that was like just this huge, big, uh, kind of revelation early on that I've seen lived out in multiple different ways uh, 
throughout my life. Does that make sense, Matt? It does. You know, I, I like that's super encouraging to me and to kind of think about that moment when you realize that God is at work and that he's inviting us to partner with him and that his, obviously his mission and his uh, tasks and the things that his spirit is up to are uh, way more uh, global and way more uh, beautiful, really, than what you or I could come up with on our own. And, you know, my hope is that as even as you, our listeners, are listening into this, that there's something that the Lord is stirring in you of just kind of realizing that there's something going on. Maybe it's in your neighborhood. Maybe it's all the way on the other side of the world. But wherever that is, there's something God is up to, is something he's doing, and he's calling you to be a part of it. Michael, when we talk about uh, the head and knowing that God is in the world, knowing that he's doing things, that he's inviting us to partner with him, how does that travel from our head down to our hearts? How does that move from the knowing into like the being? How do we have to posture ourselves? What is that like the kind of internal portion of the conversation? Well, um, that's a great question. I, um, I'll never forget, like as soon as I began to realize that God was kind of inviting me into stuff, um, it started out simply enough, like I was out at a, a shopping mall before the school year buying some jeans, and there's this gal that was like, you know, working the cash register, and as I was interacting with her buying a pair of jeans, immediately I felt like, um, and I was, I, I had, you know, come to Christ in a Mennonite uh, church, and a, going beginning to go to a pretty conservative uh, Baptist uh, Bible college, um, and so I didn't have a grid for this, but as I'm like talking with her and, and getting ready to like give her the cash to buy this cool new pair of jeans, um, I remember feeling like uh, there was something going on in her life with a boyfriend that was causing her a lot of uh, sorrow and a lot of shame. And so without thinking much, I asked her about that. She burst into tears, and then I'd had no clue what to do next. Like, oh my gosh, I'm all of a sudden way in over my head. I have no idea what's going on here. And that was just from like reading the scriptures and then finding this book about living like a king's kid. But immediately I knew like there is something a lot deeper here that I want to figure out how to do. I want to figure out how to get involved in. And so then there's this long process of God, you know, over multiple years of God speaking to me about who I am going through what I would now call today a process of spiritual formation, as well as, you know, theological education, and then seeing all the different kinds of ministry, all the different ways that people get involved in participating with what Jesus is doing today. So like, for example, I, you know, fast forward like a, a year later, I'm sitting in a theology class. I've been studying the scriptures and theology for a year. I had a little bit of work in, um, in the Greek language that I'd been doing. And our professor invites this guy to come into class who was a logger uh, in the uh, Cascade Mountains of Oregon. So, like, you know, worked with the crew cutting down trees. And the guy came in, like, you know, with his suspenders on and his wool shirt, you know, probably several wool shirts and these huge, you know, canvas pants that are, like, you know, go down to just below the knee and big, thick wool socks and these leather boots, like, with 100 eyelets and spikes on the bottom. And uh, this guy comes into class, and I'm thinking, like, what's this guy got to teach us? Like, who's he? And he starts talking about the way that he, for years, has been going from logging camp to logging camp, 
uh, introducing men to Jesus. And those weren't, you can kind of imagine, those probably weren't very healthy communities. He told some stories about that. And introducing men to Jesus and beginning to start a church and beginning to appoint leaders and then staying there for a few years and then going to the next logging camp and eventually his working his way back around as people changed and just helping to disciple men uh, in unhealthy environments uh, about like how to follow Jesus. So as he's telling that story and talking about what later I found out was church planting, uh, I was sitting in the back of the class just weeping. There was like a puddle of tears and snot, you know, on that little hardwood floor in this old Baptist Bible college classroom. And I'm thinking, like, I'm thinking, like, what's going on? I'm having a nervous breakdown. I don't know what's happening. And I realize at that point in just interacting with God that he's calling me to do that same sort of thing, that he's inviting me to participate with him in establishing really healthy communities. And so, like, I can reflect back to like eight or 10 things like that over a period of 20 years from the time I was 18 till the time I was 38 before I felt ready and somebody, well, I I probably felt ready long before that, but before another pastor in my life um, really recognized that God was inviting my wife and I to go plant a vineyard church. And so like the way that it moves kind of from our head uh, down to our heart in, in this engaging in the kingdom, for me, has been this multiple ways of God speaking to me, of seeing him move, of seeing the different ways he's interacting in people's lives, of participating with a little bit and then, you know, making messes and backing up and having him continue to over and over again confirm that, hey, I've invited you into something and like it's really, really good and... uh and I'll give you what you need along the way, even though you have a, you're clueless about what you're doing. And wow, I rambled on for quite a while there. Hope I said something that was useful. <laughs> no, that was fantastic. You know, I I love that it's uh, more than just a, like a cognitive acknowledgement of God, but it's a like an internal and even beyond like emotions, but really like uh, our spirit agreeing with with the spirit of God and being moved by the things that he's doing. And I think there's something really beautiful about that and something that's definitely helpful to pay attention to. And I think that's the thing, right? As, as we continue to like, just say yes to that, uh, that the Lord moves us into incredible opportunities and incredible places to engage with his work and his mission and his kingdom all around the world. Yeah. And it seems like he, he's like constantly inviting us to, to, like move to a place that feels really uncomfortable and super challenging for us. So over the years, I've had this kind of picture in my mind's eye, like I'm being invited to like an old uh, Indiana Jones movie, kind of step out where it doesn't look like there's a path, you know, step out into the open air where it doesn't look like there's anything there. And over the years, it it feels like the cliff I'm being invited to step off of is higher and higher and higher. (laughs) Like there's more to lose every time you do that. And so part of this engaging is like building this trust and uh, this track record of God actually inviting us into stuff that like unbeknownst to us is actually going to work and have some impact in other people's lives and that it's the thing that we've been created for all along that we didn't realize this was the way it was going to look. Um, and, and so it's that developing that trust and that confidence that when 
the resurrected Christ is inviting you into something that he actually has everything it takes to do it. And you just need to keep saying yes. So that's so good. And that's a, that's our hope uh, as you're listening to this podcast that you, as you spend time getting ready for CauseCon, as you get on your way and as you arrive in Kansas city, that the, the posture of your heart and the response of your heart would be yes. And that it might be something that even your mind and your brain aren't really ready to put all together, but that your heart and your spirit are being stirred by the Holy spirit and that you would say yes to that. So Michael, as we have talked about uh, the head and we've talked about the heart, tell us a little bit about the hands about like moving from the, the knowing and being into the actual like doing, like putting one foot in front of the other. What does that look like? What, what does that look like in your life? I'm sure you have a million stories from church planners all over the vineyard. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, um, yeah, I want to back up just a second and, and kind of make this other point as well, that there's no way uh, that you can give away what you haven't experienced. There's absolutely no way that you can, like, as you begin to do stuff, as you begin to step out and engage, there's no way that you can just give away or, or be a sign pointing to something, you know, that you haven't actually been. Every, you know, people read through the inauthenticity of that, like, brilliantly. And so uh, Psalm 34 talks about tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. And so if we want something to actually be able to, like, invite other people into, uh, in terms of, you know, engaging with what Jesus is doing in people's lives. Like, we actually have to have tasted and, and seen that the Lord is good. And not just, like, you know, for me, you know, back in the 70s, but, like, yesterday or earlier this morning. And 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 and, and so as I'm thinking about, like, actually doing stuff, like, I, I don't want to just do stuff to do it. I want to be really actively engaging with Christ every moment of the day and experiencing his presence in my lives and then inviting other people kind of into that same experience that I'm having. So I often ask folks as we're beginning to do stuff like, hey, tell me, tell me why the good news is good news for you right now in this moment. Like, like what's the good news for you right now? And, and beginning to reflect on how have I tasted and seen uh, that the Lord is good today. Because I can tell you about the last really cool meal I had. Um, the, you know, that was a brilliant meal. I, I, you know, I got pictures on Instagram. Not really, but, you know. And, uh, you know, I've got all that. But can I do that uh, about my relationship with Jesus? So um, th- probably the first very practical thing that we can do that, you know, to actually get inspired in what Christ is doing in our lives is is actually making sure that we're having a really good meal of Jesus uh, every single day. And then beginning to put myself, beginning to allow myself to be in situations where I really need God to show up. So we've said for years in the vineyard that we spell faith, R-I-S-K. And so one of the things that I have to do is put myself in a position uh, as often as I can where I actually have to have faith in Jesus, where I don't have what it takes to accomplish the things that he's inviting me to do right now. And so I put myself in a place of dependency on him, a place where I need to grow, I need to experience Christ for myself so that I have something to give away. And and then um, 
uh, taking risks and beginning to give that away. So like that's a practical thing. Uh, another practical thing that we can do that I think is really important is, um, and, uh, and it won't sound practical to begin with, but making a commitment that I'm going to lead from a place of health, uh, a, a place of wholeness, uh, a place of authentically kind of living out my relationship with Jesus. Um, and so in order to do that, it's like taking some time to kind of look beneath the surface, to look at how I'm responding and reacting to the people in my life, like uh, to, to being willing to uh, identify and deal with some of the emotions and some of the unhealth uh, that's in my life. Um, like very practically, if I don't deal with that stuff and, and develop a, let's say a habit, a pattern of dealing with the unhealth in my life, um, then it ends up being really easy to sweep that under the rug. And I've watched men and women do ministry for 10, 20, sometimes 30 years and finally get taken out by habits and patterns and, and unhealthy things that have been in their lives all along. And so making a commitment to lead from a place of health, from a place of wholeness, uh, being really honest about what's going on uh, in our lives. And then, you know, I, I guess lastly, I would just, you know, uh, along with like practical things we can do is um, begin to participate really with what Jesus is doing right around you. Um You'll never meet somebody in whom God is not working. Like even even on your way to the cause conference, you're going to run across people, especially if you're jumping in one of the cars and driving out there, uh, you're going to meet people in whom God is doing something. And so begin to listen for his voice, begin to take risks to participate in what he's doing, begin to, you know, tentatively offer uh, thoughts and insights and, and, and then pray for people right where they're at. Begin to be really honest about what he's doing with you and inviting other people into that same kind of quality of life. So yeah, there's a there's a few practical things you could jive right into. Yeah, those are really, really good. You know, just that that good meal, that like nourishment and that being like familiar with the Lord and what he's doing and what he's doing in your own life. Uh, you know, I think that's uh, super critical, and I think that's, uh, you know, possibly can be a, a big part of the CauseCon uh, for many folks of just kind of getting that good meal and really uh, being aware of what the Spirit's doing internally and then leading to externally. Uh, and then that risk, that like doing like the stuff, right? Stepping into places where it's not always comfortable, stepping into places where you need God to show up. You know, I think there's going to be plenty of opportunity, like you were saying, on the way to and on the way home from CauseCon. Hey, if that's you, by the way, if that happens to be your story uh, all over social media, hashtag cause to live for, cause to live for, let us know. We would love to share your story on the way there and on the way home. Hey, and then that being a healthy thing, uh, just kind of that like regular interaction with people that can... Uh, speak into your life, I think kind of goes back to what Jenna was talking about in our first episode on that community and connection and just having people to kind of walk through the highs and the lows of life with you and really journey with you in ministry. 
And then just like looking around you, having that like open eyes to be like inspired, to be stirred, and then to engage and move into what God's doing and what he's doing around the world. So Michael, that's really good. I'm so thankful for you spending time with us here today. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts for our listeners? Well, you know, the Cause Conference is going to be just an awesome time for you to listen to God, uh, meet some great leaders who have been doing ministry in several different aspects or parts of the vineyard and lots of different kinds of ways uh, for a long time. I mean, they've been doing it for their whole lives. And so I just, I just got to say, we're so excited to meet you and and uh, spend uh, a couple days with you. And then we're so excited to like invite you in to what God's doing uh, in the Vineyard Movement. Uh, the only way we, as a movement, stay healthy is all of us getting involved and bringing the cool things that God's put within us to the table. And so, like, uh, I would just, like, prepare to get your world rocked and uh, <laughs> prepare to, like, meet some, like, really sweet people along the way. And then prepare to engage, man. Engage in the kingdom. Engage what God is doing. So, like, this is going to be a great time. I can't wait. Sweet. Hey, uh, just want to push into real quick while I still have you. Um, is there like one specific and, you know, not to like kind of box in the Holy Spirit, but like, is there like one specific like challenge that you might want to give to those who are coming to the conference on their way, uh, you know, to maybe share with us or something to really like engage maybe with the folks in their car or on their plane or however that is? Uh, is there a challenge specifically that you kind of might want to lay out for everybody? Well, you know, one of the things I would do is I would en- I would encourage us to lay down our preconceptions of maybe who we think we are or, or what we're bringing to the table. And really, over the course of our period of time traveling there and being together, like, let's allow the Holy Spirit to really speak to us about what He might have for us. Because sometimes it's so easy to kind of put the Holy Spirit in a in a box, to put God in a box that He can't work through, like like who I think I already am and, you know, what I've learned about myself from a myriad of personality tests or, or past interactions and really allow the Holy Spirit then to like say, Hey, this is how I've made you. And this is a sweet thing uh, about who you are and how I've created you to engage uh, in the kingdom. And so I think just laying down some, some of our preconceptions about who we are, maybe who God is and how he works and just allowing him to speak fresh uh, in into our lives about what we're what we're involved in. Man, there's a bunch I could share on that, but but that's that's like the one big challenge, and that's I think a lot harder to do than it sounds. Absolutely, a, a harder, uh, much harder said than done, or <laughs> done than said, or however that easier said than done, however yeah. that works. But yeah, I think that's fantastic. And hey, listen, if that's you, if you are working through some of that stuff. Uh, there are people all over the country who are coming into Kansas City that are going to be examining uh, their hearts and examining themselves and their posture and just kind of trying to open themselves up. So be praying for somebody else uh, that's coming from all around the country. Again, that hashtag cause to live for, uh, that's on Facebook, that's on Twitter and all over Instagram. So uh, go ahead and follow us on any of those social media platforms. We would love to hear from you as you journey into Kansas City and then again on your way home. Hey, if you are not registered, there is still space. So causeconference.com, 
go ahead and let us know that you're coming and we would love to see you in Kansas City. Michael, thanks so much for being with us today. It's been a pleasure to have you and we will see you and all of you in Kansas City for CauseCon 2016. Yeah, thank you. And we look forward to seeing you there. Mm -hmm.